Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's topic is so terrific. Rookie programs, what works and what doesn't. I am thrilled to have our expert today, to have Dan Holtz. He is co-CEO and co-founder of Sovereign Lending Group in California. Uh, prior to that, Dan was at two well-known lending companies in Lending Tree and also with Ameripath. Hi, Dan. How are you? Doing very well, Pat. Thank you very much for having me. Well, this is really a great topic, but before we jump onto that, let's talk about, again, how you got into the mortgage business and how you got into managing. 100%. So, while I was going to school, I went to USC for my undergrad studies. My roommate, he was working for his father's mortgage company. And he was going to school, studying accounting, and working at his dad's mortgage company. And he was bringing the checks into our dorm and kind of showing me what the amount of money and income potential there was. And as an LO at that time in sales, and, and that, that just sparked my interest right away. Senior year, I was inter interviewing at PricewaterhouseCooper, a bunch of other really big companies. And, you know, the salaries that were offered compared to what he was making, it was very hard for me to, to accept an offer over there. And, and I had to follow kind of the money. And that's how I got in the mortgage industry. So how did you get into managing? After learning the ropes as an LO, a loan officer, and really understanding, you know, what makes a good loan officer, what they, what they do, it was always my goal and my business partners to open up our own company. So from there... We did open up a company. Primarily, my management experience was just witnessing and seeing how my previous managers did what they did and how well they did it, uh -huh. and really learning on the job of what was the best practices and who was a successful, who wasn't successful. And as soon as we opened our doors, we were managers. We had to manage uh, everything from payroll to to the, the loan officers, to processors, to buying leads, all that fun stuff too. So it was a lot of learning on the on the job. And again, taking forward the best practices that were learned previous uh, companies that I worked for in terms of the management. So, Dan, when you're talking about your biggest challenge, so I know with Sovereign Lending Group, you have grown that fantastically over the years. So what is the biggest challenge that you see in your role now? Right now, the biggest challenge that we have is really the leadership and filling those managers to get that, that will lead the teams. So we have a very robust rookie program that we'll talk about later, producing loan off processors. But then you need someone to be able to manage that too. And so that's something that we've been really focusing a lot on, mm -hmm. having that, having someone to make sure that they're driving the right drivers. That's been a thing that took us off to surprise and we didn't really think about it too much. In, previous, in 2020, now I realize, well, we need to have a well-developed training program for managers, succession planning, the things such as that to be able to have the loaners that come out of our rookie program to make sure they're in good hands after the fact too. So it's really looking at mid-level management, making sure they're getting the resources they need, developing them out, developing the people that are going to move in those positions, a program to ID who those those potential candidates mm -hmm. might. That is, that's what caused a little bit, a lot of strains on our side and, and caught us off guard. And it's definitely a learning lesson we'll never forget. And we'll make sure that we always put the time and effort there to make sure that doesn't happen again. 
Well, that makes you really in the top grouping of mortgage bankers because I don't think managing is really valued as much as it should be. And it really does make a big difference, especially when you look at 2020. So what was your biggest surprise in 2020? So the biggest surprise for us was this pandemic obviously has hurt a lot of industries, right? If you're in retail, automotive, hospitality, you know, they, they're getting hammered, right? Whereas sure. on the opposite side, mortgage is doing really well we're growing as an industry in whole there's there's tremendous amount of demand for our product while they were getting hurt the the surprise to us was the level of great people that we were able to pull from other industries now they have no mortgage experience whatsoever but they were at the top of their industry the company they work for in hospitality whether it's retail again great people very smart very eager to learn and when presented with an opportunity to career change with a great training program uh, we were very excited and it was a big surprise to us just the level of, of candidates that we were able to talk to train up help them switch their career where they're now way more successful than they were previous in the past too. So again, the level of talent that we've been able to recruit in the past eight months because of COVID, again, it's kind of sad because they had their life kind of flipped upside down, but now they're enjoying their job more than they have in the past. That's what's been shocking to us. So there's a really a lot of great talent out there. Again, not necessarily in the mortgage industry. I know everybody's fighting right now for the best processor, best LO and all that. But if you can really develop out great people from other industries, because they are looking, it's a really great opportunity for us. And, and that's what that was a big surprise for us is just to see that level of expertise out there. Well, you're on one of my favorite topics. So that's why I invited you today to talk. Because again, I think there is an overhype about mortgage experience and we can train people. But how do you learn yourself? I mean, you're running a company, you grew really fast. So how do you stay on top of things from a learning perspective as regarding yourself? That's a great question, Pat. And it's a lot about always consistently trying to learn. So whether that's checking with the resources with the MBA, you know, I, we do belong to two different collaboratives too for the resources that they bring, reading trade journals too. Um, and there's, there's a bunch of them for the mortgage industry that are consistently sending stuff out. That's always allowing us to see kind of what's happening in the mortgage industry. We also look outside. So what's happening with the fintechs? What's happening with solar? How are they doing certain things and what are some best practices we can learn from them to bring into our company to make us better than we were yesterday? Whether that's a technology, a training technique, or some other thing, we're consistently looking and trying to make ourselves better. So that's, that's how we kind of operate in regards to that too. And we have business coaches too that, that helps, helps us, whether it's driving core values, understanding that to more of the risk factor in terms of, of, of manufacturing loans and what to look for mm -hmm. uh, on that part. So, so you have your own business coach, is that right? We do. We oh, have two different business coaches. One's driven more towards the management style, driving culture. Another one is more overall strategic thinking, risk management, where we are today, where, where are we going to be tomorrow, what additional roles would be needed. Which is what additional you know uh, technologies or whatever the case might be. So we understand what's coming down the line. It's not one of those things like, oh well, we should have done that you know a year ago. Sure. We should have done that two years ago. It's it's kind of a dedicated plan. We know once we get this this we need to do this. Right. Yeah. I, well, that's for sure that the more you put systems in place, the better. And we're not just talking computer systems. So when you look at 2021, what are you seeing as your top focus for the company? It's still going to be driven towards technology and making 
the experience for not only the customer better, but really for everybody that works for SLG. The, high, the better technology, custom workflows that we have, the higher enjoyment that, the, the, that we'll have with the people that work for SLG, which then in turn, theoretically, will give it to the customer too. So it's definitely technology driven in regards to how workflows are done, automation in terms of certain tasks that need to be done, scripting for, for some of the sales big people to go ahead and, and understand the best conversation to have with their clients. So we're really focusing on that part. Again, not only for the customer, because I know a lot of people do look at the customer, but really we want to make sure everybody that's sovereign lender has the easiest possible job they have where they get the most enjoyment and they can help as many people as possible, which would then translate to a good ex customer experience to them too. So again, a focus really for 2021 is on the technology side. So that leads us to the rookie program, and I know you've been doing them off and on really for a while. And to talk about what you've learned, why you got into it, what what you see as working, because I know that you have a pretty well-formed program that you do for originators. Talk about that, Dan. It's one of the best returns on your investment. If you can invest in people, show them the way, the best way to manufacture a loan, the right way, you just get really great people that are they're highly competent. They also have a lot of trust with you and they respect you and they're not looking for another job, which, which happens a lot with a lot of mortgage originators too. There's a loyalty aspect that really happens too. And again, it's really nice to train someone the right way the first time. Mm -hmm. Again, there's that old saying, it's very hard to you know, teach an old dog new tricks. We really believe that too. So we feel training people that are highly competent, smart, show them the right way to go ahead and do mortgage origination is the best way to go ahead and do that. Uh, and we, we will continue to do that because, again, it is the best way. So when you look at the program itself, talk about uh, for our listeners, you know, how long is it? What type of topics can you fail out of the program or, or talk about how the mechanics of it work? And then I'll talk specifically for of the, the sales. You know, we do have some for processors, but <laughs> on the sales side, the first two weeks is all about passing the NMLS test. If mm -hmm. you can't pass the NMLS test, it really screws up just the timing through everything. Um, so we, there's a big focus on that. It's, it's really, we're paying them to sit there, learn, understand the NMLS, and we really want a high success rate on that. And and we really do get a good success rate on that in terms of passing due to the fact that we're, we're allowing people two weeks dedicated time to understand that material. And mind you, a lot of these people have never done mortgage before too. So sure. it's brain to them and there is a huge learning curve on it but we feel the test is definitely very learnable a pass rate on our side is right around 80 percent on that too if mm -hmm. you don't pass the test you know there are other opportunities that sovereign lending group but we don't necessarily let them stay in that class because again you got to wait 30 days before you're able to take the nmls test once the two weeks is up then mm -hmm. you pass the test it's right into mortgage origination so we're learning the los we're learning products, guidelines, we're, lear we're learning different loan terms, we're learning different loan product, loan structuring, we're listening to sales calls to see what the, the top performers do, to the bottom performers, best practices. That lasts about three weeks, and then from there we move it over to what's called an incubation where they're now with their manager, they're, they're tightly, have a lot of support, where there's a sales manager there, there's the training management there, and we're allowing them to take calls, dial out on calls, uh, in a very structured environment, that's about two weeks. Again, and there's tests along the way. We want them to make sure they're hitting certain metrics before they're able to get out of the incubation. Uh, but in whole, that's that's kind of a 50,000 foot look down of, of how that, that particular training program works. 
So, so Dan, how, what have you learned? I mean, what did you correct as far as how you uh, designed the program for these people that had working experience but may not have known the mortgage business? That, that is the most important question because that we had to learn it, and it costs money to learn certain things too. So, really, it's all about getting great candidates into the training program. Okay. It doesn't, I guess the training career can be whatever, but as long as you have really good people in there, they will do well. We, we learned that like the first time we just kind of put whoever we kind of signed up for into that program. The second time, like, hey, we got to change this around. So we actually added additional team members to our talent acquisition team recruiting mm-hmm. to then be cast a, a larger net out there to get more candidates to come in here. Whereas the salesman and, and the sales trainer were able to be a lot more picky. Again, we do, you know, have, um, you know, assessments before they do, you know, go through the inter- interviewing process and make sure, you know, they're confident in certain areas. But really pushing that talent acquisition team to to get as many people as in front of you as possible, where then you're able to decide, okay, I want to spend this amount of money to, to invest in this person to have them go through a training program. Because, again, training programs aren't cheap. The, you know, the startup costs, your, your ROI is down, you know, months down the line before you're able to, to really start recouping on that. So, again, it's, it's all about right at the very beginning, you make sure your talent acquisition team is, is good and they're pulling hard on it and you're getting a lot of candidates you can be very picky on to decide who you want to invest that money in to show them the best way to, you know, originate loans and, and bring them into your culture and, and core values and stuff like that, too. So that's. That's the biggest learning thing that we had. You know, you can adjust the the class around how you want to have it. That does affect a little bit. But bottom line is if you have really great, competent people and that are smart, and the more you can do that, this the more overall success rate you're going to have with it. So, Dan, what percentage of the people, what is the average size of a class, and what percentage of the people actually end up getting onto the floor, in your case, because you're doing consumer direct? I mean, what does that look like from your tracking? That's a great question, and it varies. So, the the beginning was smaller, about 30 individuals that we would bring in. You know, you have your fill rate, so about six would maybe fall out, so now you're in a class, you have a class of uh, 24 people again and that would be split up into two teams we did start going a little bit bigger towards the end of last year 2020 but again we were having you know a lot of people have capacity issues right now it's not all about how many LOs you can make right now it's all about how many you know loans you can do too so there's other aspects going into it also processing underwriting. so we sure. did scale it down a little bit um, where back then we were up to about 60 new people that were coming into the class again we pushed that back down to 30. We would, once uh, the capacity issues are kind of fixed, we'll, we'll scale that back up to right, probably right around the 60 mark again. By the time of the start date and by the time they get onto their actual team and they're actually originating, how many of the people, if you start out with 30, how many people actually uh, will make it to the floor? That would probably be right around 20. So you're going to have people to follow because they can't pass the test. And you can repurpose them. We do that all the time. We move them over to whether, you know, doing, mm-hmm. you know, outbound styles for like a junior telemarketing position they can go into other aspects of the you know the the origination of a mortgage a manufacturing of a mortgage whether that's like a new loan setup or, or processing or shipping or other things but so there's six you're going to probably lose right around there and then there's going to be some people that just like regardless of how well you you vet out the very beginning family comes up life events come up 
they're like, you know what, this isn't for me. I thought, you know, this was going to be something different. And then you're, so you'll probably lose another about four. So starting with 30, you'll probably have about 20 hitting the floor. That's probably a good number to look at at that, at that scale. Out of the 20 people that do actually hit the floor, what has been your experience for how fast that they, in essence, return your investment? So, so by it sounds like by month two, they're actually on the floor. So at what point did your investment in training and all that you're working with them, how does that actually work uh, from a typical class? I would say there are the return on investment starts hitting right around the month six because again you're right the first two months is really about training even when they, they start on the floor they're still learning a lot and we have the resources there for them too and mm -hmm. again this is not a sink or swim method it's like okay you're out there you have more support from your manager they start filling their pipeline in three fourth months and they start really understanding grasping at month six and that's when you, you they usually start having your 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 break evens hitting on that on the class. So it's right around month six to seven, that's when you really break even on it. And so out of let's say by when you get the break even and I think you're talking about obviously I guess all of the people, the twenty people that actually make it to the floor, out of that twenty, what has been your experience with how many of them become top producers and how many of them basically are just the uh, average, what I call kind of the B players. We've been running our program for about two and a half years now, almost three. Ninety percent of our floor is actually organically built, so only have ten percent that is uh, is that we right. hire from elsewhere. All of them are the top producers. So if you look at the top eight, they're all top producers. So again, they're all all of the top eight are our top producers. We don't have anybody we hire from another company that's risen to the ranks at that particular level. Right. What's the attrition rate that you have at month twelve, and what happens in month twenty four? Since you've been doing this now for a couple of years, what occurs? You know, that's a good question. So a lot has been changing too because of COVID. Pre COVID, our company, Sovereign Lending Group, was very everybody needs to be in the office everybody needs to be together there was a lot of you know a lot of fun activities we were doing together and stuff like that now with covid we're in a more remote environment and so a lot of that human touch has been kind of lost so we've actually seen a kind of increase in terms of turnover due to the fact that that human element has been kind of gone uh, and we're trying to do it the best we possibly can you know we're sending out videos weekly from me and my business partner from leader the top of the leadership all the way down Again, we like to run sides of teams, 10 either loan officers, processors, max. So there's heavy involvement. But even with that said, it, you know, if you're if you're not able to see that person have these the fun times in the office, the attrition rates go on up too. So now I would say it's a little higher. So if you start, you know, 22 years from now, 24 months, that original 30 you started with, you're down to 20, you would probably be left with right around 10. I think that's a fair number for sure. Well, the time has flown by and this is a lot of great information. So if you could share for the audience today, our listeners, kind of your two takeaways about doing rookie programs. One, it's all about investing in your people. That's the very first thing that I could say is make sure you're investing in your people and they understand that. They see like the opportunity for job growth to be moving up to a manager to maybe be in moving to a different department if they don't like sales or they don't like processing or at the back office. So again, invest in your people. The other token is too, is make sure you have a robust 
robust talent acquisition recruiting team because you need to have a lot of fresh blood coming in. You need to always be looking for those top producers and top management elsewhere to bring into the company to continue to build what you're looking to do, build more and more and more. So those are the two things that, you know, we consistently look at and I would, I would highly recommend other people to look at that part also. Well, Dan, you've done a great job, and I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts today. And I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast. We certainly appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, If you want more tips on managing in between our episodes, just follow me on LinkedIn or sign up for my weekly sales blog at patsherlock.com. Talk to you next week. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks for having me, Pat.